visiting family members and such. And uh, But I'm going to share a short message with you today before we have a wedding ceremony as the exclamation point of my message today. And it's going to be exciting to see that happen. But if you would turn to Matthew 9, I'm going to read two verses there. We're talking about the wedding and the wine. How many know Jesus' first miracle was when he turned the water into wine? And I'm not Jesus, so I'm not going to do that today. Uh, You can get probably iced tea and Coca-Cola or something back there. But uh, it was a phenomenal uh, act that he did. But in Matthew 9, 16 and 17, we see it on the screen. I'll read it off there. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. And so there is a ripping away when that happens. Then 17, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, the only way that you could use an old wineskin, because the bottles were made out of leather back in those days, and what would happen over time of the expanding, contracting uh, process, then it would harden over a period of time. And that's why if you emptied the leather bottle and it was hard and brittle, then they would pour in the new juice, the new wine, and if that fermenting process took place again, it would actually burst the brittle leather bottle by then, and it would spill. And so they would have to make new leather to pour in the new wine, and it would expand and contract so that it would be a process again. See, the new wine was not fermented yet. And so when you had new wine, it was the freshest grape juice you ever had in your life. Man, the Pastor Ken and I have both been to Israel, and we've seen the grapes there. They're like as big as a plum. And so those grapes being smashed and so on provided that juice that you would pour in and it wouldn't be fermented until some time later. They did not have a refrigerator like we do today. So they couldn't preserve their juice in a refrigerator. That's why it will go through a fermentation process. So as that happened, then it would do its thing. And over a period of time, then it became alcohol-based in its fermentation. And so, anyway, we see here that it's making a statement about church, the church world. If you get real hardened in the way that you have church, then it could be where things can kind of break up sometimes. And people don't always appreciate what they had at the beginning. Uh, Gail Irwin, a friend of my brother and I's, uh, he was pastor for many, many years. He wrote a book called The Jesus Style. And he, uh, he made a statement. He said, after about 20 years, denominations ought to just disband and start all over again. Then it would be fresh and new. 
you know. So anyhow, we want to see a new move of God, don't you? A fresh touch from God, from heaven. Look at John chapter 2 with me. I'll read some verses there. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And so Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And so his mother said to the servants, Well, whatever he says, do it. She knew Jesus had the miraculous power of God to do anything. And she gave him a little push for his first miracle. And so on that day at that wedding, they didn't anticipate how many guests they were going to have. What if we had 300 people show up here today? We only provided enough food for, say, up to 150. And then, you know, if we didn't have enough drink, we'd run out. We'd just be serving water. Well, they were kind of embarrassed that they had run out of wine. And the wine was fruit of the vine, basically. But if they had it stored in bottles, they would get to that part of the wine that had been in there for a while, and the people, believe it or not, would get a little tipsy at that time. And so they ran out. And so Jesus had a demand put upon him by his mother to make some new wine. And so uh, she said, well, just do whatever he tells you. And so we see in the next verses what took place. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Quite an interesting situation. You're talking about many, many gallons. Go back to that verse again, Terry, where it says they had, uh, did it say six water pots of stone? Those, I think, would hold maybe up to 50, 60 gallons in it. That's a whole bunch. That's a lot of water. Well, they turned all that into wine, and then we see what happens there in the next verse. He said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it so that he could taste it. And what did he have to say? When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Uh, see, Larry, he'd call you over and say, All right now, what happened here? And what did you tell him? He said, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. That means the freshest. So they could drink and not everybody be drunk. But see, it says, And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You've kept the good wine until now. And then one more verse. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now there's some things that we need to see. Jesus and his mother and disciples were there. They were considered VIPs, very important people. Are you an important person today? 
Well, I know Brother Larry is important, and I'm important, and the brother sitting next to him is important because we have on boutonnieres. And we got the son of the bride here, and uh, he's important. And uh, those must be like, are they relatives, grandkids, or whatever? Nephews. Well, they're important people, even though they're little. But there was important people that had gathered there at the wedding. And so important people come, and if you look in there today when we go do the dinner, we have a table set up over there that's for the bridal party and so on, for their special guests. And there's a cake that's going to be there. Larry, promise you won't put too much of that cake in Sister Janet's face, okay? You won't make that promise? Well, we'll just have to wait and see then. But there is a cake that is a groom's cake. And then there's a cardinal baseball there. Because he's a cardinal fan. That's why I like Brother Larry so much. You know, because we hit it off. We're both fans. But the new wine was there because Jesus was there. He was important. And so then we see that uh, you're, when you're important, you're invited. All of you have been invited today to be here for the dinner and for the wedding vows that we're going to share. And so when you have a celebration, you need to have some drinks there. Well, they at that time, because they didn't have refrigeration, they didn't have Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper or iced tea. They had wine in those bottles. And so they ran out, of course. And so there was a key of obedience necessary. Mary told the servants, just do what he tells you. You know what, if you do what Jesus tells you to do, something miraculous can take place. And so he told them, well, fill those water jugs up over there. And they were big purification stone pitchers like. They were huge. And so he said, fill those up to the brim. Did you know that when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, that the Holy Ghost comes into your heart and he fills you up to the brim? I mean, he fills your whole being. You know how I can tell if somebody got really got saved? Anybody can say a prayer. But I can tell you when somebody really got saved because their life changes. When he fills them up to the brim, it wasn't just a prayer that they said to make somebody else happy. But they said it from the depth of their heart and they believed in Jesus. And when they do that, their life changes. They can't help it. They will not act the same anymore. They won't do the same things. They won't speak the same way. You know, there's some words that I just detest. Some people use a curse word every three words. And you know what I want to tell them? Two things. My ear is not a trash can. And number two, don't you have a better vocabulary than that? You know, uh, I'm an intelligent person, and I don't need to hear a curse word every three words. You know, uh, that just nullifies the conversation that you're trying to prove to me that you are intelligent. So, see, but what God does is when he fills you up to the brim, he changes you. 
and you won't speak that way anymore. It doesn't feel right when it comes out of your mouth. That's why certain people, they can't even do the same stuff they used to do. It just doesn't feel right anymore, you see. So the purification pots are necessary. We all need to be purified, amen. That's by the washing of the water of the word of Jesus Christ. So when you confess Jesus, you acknowledge him, then you obey him, then you go ahead and as you confess him, the Holy Spirit comes in and he purifies you and gets you ready for the turning of that purification into the wine of the Holy Ghost. And it's awesome because new wine can make you pretty happy. You know, when I really got filled up and called to the ministry, I didn't have to go get high. I didn't have to go get drunk. There wasn't anything I had to do in this world to make me feel good. I felt good already. I was radical. I didn't want to be a preacher, but when the time came and I said yes to Jesus, I couldn't help it. I was radical in the world. I became radical for Jesus, and I would go witness anywhere and everywhere. And then I lived in New Orleans, so I'd go on the lakefront, talk to people. I'd go down the French Quarter. I'd go into some of those bar rooms, sit down with people, come to visit, and they'd say, what do you want to drink, sir? I'd say, you got any milk back here? I think I invented the saying, got milk? Because I went into one of those jazz bars. You know, Pete Fountain Band was down there, Al Hurt, all these jazz and blues groups. And I would take my friends when they'd come to visit, and we'd go hear the music because they wanted to see what it was like. And I'd order milk. It blew their mind. They said, well... We can go look and see if they got any milk back there. I say, I'd really appreciate that. I could have just ordered a club soda, but I was kind of goofing with them. I was crazy like that. I just wanted to be crazy for Jesus, amen? But they filled up those pots with the living water, the purification water, and Jesus miraculously turned that water into wine. And that was amazing. It was a new wine. The, the master of the ceremony said, this is better than what you served before. In other words, it was fresh and bubbly and delicious to drink. And so there it was, Jesus' first miracle. And what I want to tell you today, when the new wine comes in, it's going to be an awesome thing because it helps people to really believe. And when new wine comes, there are many great things that come along with it. Boy, I'm really early here. I don't know. Can somebody go see if those gals are about ready back there? They're already ready? Okay. Well, I'm ready. I'm going to move my podium. But I'm going to pray for you guys today. Because when we have a real revival of the Holy Spirit, I tell you what, aren't you glad I'm a preacher that can move around my podium even moves it's an awesome thing all right the groomsmen are gonna get ready they're gonna walk the bridesmaids in and we're gonna share this celebration time here I kind of goofed that up didn't I let me see if I can straighten it up we're all home folks aren't we okay there we go Hallelujah. Will Larry come on up here with me, brother?
if you would. And they're going to open the doors back there. But let's pray before everybody bow your head. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. It was short today, but it was sweet. And we know.